0: Hi, I'm Sally. I'm Linda. And I'm Ming. Pour yourself a cup of tea and join us for this week's episode of Moving Oolong.
1: Thanks for tuning in to our 52nd episode. So today we'll be talking about one of the very important relationships that we have in our life, the mentor and mentee relationship. So. Um, Let's see, like Yoda and Luke Skywalker, or
0: that was like Mentor-Mentee,
1: right? Or like Harry Potter and Dumbledore (laughs) or something. So they're very important to have these relationships, and we're going to talk about the mentors in our life, um, our connections, and how to find them, how to keep up with them, things like that. So before we get started, let's do our weekly recap.
0: Sally, go first so this weekend um even though the weather was kind of crappy i managed to have like pretty nice weekend i went to dc with some friends to celebrate like my belated birthday and we went to this um sushi place called kura revolving sushi bar so it has like it's like a they usually have a revolving sushi belt. Where you can just like grab whatever sushi you want. But now they don't have that because of COVID. So it's just a direct train. Or a direct belt to your to your table. So you just like press on a tablet. <laughs> what sushi you want in order. And then it comes directly to you. On this belt. And that was nice. Like this is the first time I've ever seen something like this in America. Because I've had this in Asia. And it was really like Wait, novel we and Hot cool. You- yeah, but this is sushi. <laughs> And also in hot pot, um, when or you air. order things, they bring it to you in person. There's no direct belt to your table, so this is a step higher, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyways, I felt bad because we all like most of my friends ended up driving there because it was raining and like DC Metro kind of sucks. But one of our before we said we were all going to drive. One of our friends was like, um, we all agreed. Like not me, but like other friends agreed that they were going to take the metro together and then they all ended up driving and then one person took the metro hello gilbert if you're listening <laughs> i know gilbert's listening what
2: fakes oh my god! and gosh. then he had to
0: like um because the red line it stopped service like halfway through because of some maintenance so you had to take a shuttle and like took him so much time to get to this um, restaurant in dc but anyways in the end we oh all no. got there <laughs> Wow. If I was Gilbert,
2: one. I would have been turning around. Wait, I think but, I saw his Instagram story where it was like a picture of the flooding in the metro.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Sad. Yeah. It was a bad day to take the metro. <laughs> and parking was free on Sundays. I didn't even know that. In DC. Yeah, but I think that's all I have to up- oh, I started a new key drama. And it's called Vincenzo, Mm. big nose, because she also wants to watch it. But it's about, so it's a main actor from Descendants of the Sun. And he's like, really good, famous Mm. actor. And he is really funny. But like, I don't know, I don't want to spoil too much, because something happened in the last episode that I was like, mind blown about. But basically, the story is about this (laughs) Italian mafia guy, but he's actually Korean. And he um goes back to Korea because he wants to get some money out from this building that he like he hid all these gold bars in this building a long time ago and he wants to retrieve it because the guy who he, he hid the money for died. So then he wants to get the money so that he can retire from being a mafia or whatever. So he has this plan to go back to Korea with his um subordinate. Or this guy who works for him, like, also helps him out, so and <laughs> and then he like somehow gets involved. Oh, so apparently he's also a lawyer, but he also gets involved with like the, I guess, the female lead who's a lawyer, and her dad um, works in this building that he's trying to get the money out of. And then he like meets all the tenants of the building, and like, there's this whole thing drama about like the, some company wants to. Um, destroy this building so they can redevelop it and they want to move all the residents out and then residents want to protect their building but anyways (laughs) I told Ming that the first episode (laughs) reminded me of Sweet Home because all the residents in the building were like doing some really suspicious things (laughs) and like there was this girl playing the piano like a ghost I don't like headbanging or something. I don't know. It was weird. Ooh. But it was it was really weird at first. But like then, a hard story. Like they made it seem like a horror story. But then the more I get into it, it's like more of a funny story, I guess. But yeah, it's a it's an interesting drama. I definitely recommend it.
2: How many episodes are you in?
0: To? Um, I'm up. Wait, I think I'm up to date. So it's coming out. Is releasing every week, I think two episodes a week, and I'm on episode four. So, oh wow, yeah! Oh, and so my sister has She's been practicing a lot. My sister's been practicing um, these piano songs for her like competitions this season. And one of the songs that she plays like every day was in this drama, <laughs> it was like what the ghost girl was practicing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You should learn how
2: to play it, Sally.
0: No, I'm good. I'm so tired of hearing that song every day.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I guess I can, um, yeah, I can give my update because it's kind of, I don't really have much to update on in my actual life. So I'll just give you a media update, I guess, because it kind of coincided with the end of February, but I finished a lot of the things I was watching or reading. So yeah, I finished the drama that I'd been watching. It took me a while, but I finally finished it, Hyena. And it was pretty good. Um, honestly, I really liked it a lot, actually, because it wasn't your typical the romance kind that I've watched before. Um, there was a, like a romance kind of subplot, but it wasn't that important at the end of the day. And I just like how, how it ended. and It was like very empowering, but also at the end was like, You know, when they have like a group of like side characters, but they're all on a team together and it's a very like Mm. team feel. Mm -hmm. That's how it ended. And so it was was so nice. I really liked it. Um, But I might have to take a break from K-dramas because I think I might start that um, Chinese drama, Sally, that you were (gasps) going to start or that you started. Yeah, I think I might start Untamed.
0: Let me know (laughs) if you like it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how many episodes there are though. There's so <laughs> many. It's actually fifty like so. the normal
0: amount for these Chinese dramas.
2: There's so much. I thought K dramas were long. But you yeah, can, I'll you probably can watch start the, that. Later. Abri-
0: you can watch the abridged version with only 20 episodes, I think. It's on YouTube. Only twenty.
2: <laughs> no, I'm gonna go all in if I'm okay, gonna watch okay. it. Go all in. <laughs> yeah um and besides the drama i also finished a book that i've been wanting to read for a while it's called my uh minor feelings and i think people may have heard of it recently because it's Mm -hmm. one of those books that's suggested yeah it's like suggested um i guess with the asian american anti-asian violence happening recently it's like supposed to be um if you don't have that perspective you can read it and it was interesting It was almost like taking another Asian American studies class, but way more personal. And honestly, I don't know, the book is all over the place, to be honest, like it starts off with some Asian American history, and some personal anecdotes, like your classic immigrant story, I guess, because her family um, immigrated from Korea. So it had that but then like halfway through, it got into her story of because she's a poet. So it got into her story of like how she became a poet and like, the people she met in college when she went to Linda, she went to Oberlin, so she was like very artsy. Oh, Oberlin! <laughs> and, and then she gets into like this this murder story about um, an artist. I think she was Korean, an artist who is murdered, and then like somehow she wraps it all. It, it's very interesting. I would recommend it. I guess if you if you want to get some insight, but it definitely doesn't speak. Obviously, one book can't speak for the entire Asian American experience, but. It it was interesting to read, a quick read on my end, but now I'm on to more books. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much my entire life. I just read and then watch dramas and crochet. I finish (laughs) crocheting, so, yeah.
1: Mm, That's nice, though. Like, you're consuming things, but you're also, Mm. like, making something. It feels productive when you're Mm -hmm.
0: making progress, I guess.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and it's very chill. I don't have to think about it too hard.
1: Melinda? Um, I guess my media update is that I finished Steven Universe and it was so mm-hmm. good. Um, because they wrap things up really well. And I feel like my work Twitter is starting to become a Steven Universe fan <laughs> Twitter. Cause they talk <laughs> about like adverse childhood experiences. Like one of the characters like explains it and like goes through like you experience something like traumatic, and this is how it's affecting your like social and emotional development. I quickly screenshotted all the parts and then <laughs> I like wrote a tweet and it's like in the Sprout social to be approved by like the manager. Um, <laughs> I hope they approve it because I already like put another Steven Universe tweet about when he was like a newborn and like the single dad was trying to like raise him up. So it has very like heartwarming depictions of family and friendship and like just emotional expression. So that was really good and I guess in other news I got bamboozled into doing another race (laughs) equity thing at work I feel like I'm always caught between like running away from this and like feeling like I have a duty to participate or like feeling an urge to participate so yeah my back just hurts from being in the meetings all day yesterday (sighs) and Monday um but I don't know, it's weird because I'm like at the bottom, and like my boss kind of reinforces it. She's like, it might be hard being there with everyone, like our director who's like at the top, and then you who's at the you know, and then she didn't say like at the very bottom, but she kind you of know. like implied it. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay, like I suppose. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, we're all supposed to be like equal there. So to bring hierarchy into it is just like, why are we even doing this at work? Mm-hmm. So how often do you know have these like happens. meetings? Um, So we had, like, an external, like, facilitator come in for, like, a workshop. Um, So those were pretty long. And then I think we're supposed to, like, review documents or something to, like, make sure they say the right thing or something. So it's just, like, work, work
2: later. Interesting. Do you volunteer for it or did they ask you to do it?
1: I didn't um, volunteer for it. And then the HR lady called me and was like, do you want to do it? And I said, I have to talk to she my supervisor. You. And then she's like, and then the HR lady was like, actually, I already talked to your supervisor. And she said, it was okay. And then I was like, out uh, of ways to yeah. like, get myself oh, out. Wow. So I was like, okay, like, I'll do it. <laughs> I mean, it's not
2: bad, but yeah. like,
1: it was like, targeted, I guess.
2: Yeah, similar, similarly, our HR, we have a new department because we have a lot more people coming on and they want to do like, It's called building the bridge, but they want to do like, I guess, workshops and activities to like build the bridge between the HQ, like headquarters staff and the new people coming on. And so they sent out an email that was like, if you'd like to join this building the bridge committee, we'd love to have you. You can, you'll be responsible for setting up events, sharing your ideas. And it will only take like an extra three hours, (laughs) like every week. and." I don't really want to do it. It reminds me too much of like being an RA and having to come up with like those kind of events. But my boss was like, yeah, the HR person reached out to us and she really wants you on the team and especially all of our like marketing people because we're so creative apparently. So I haven't replied to the email. I don't know if I'm going to unless prompted.
1: They're, they're going to prompt you later. Just act like you
2: didn't see it. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, like, oh, it, it wasn't my spam? What? How did you get there?
1: <laughs> How bizarre. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. So like Linda teased in the beginning, um, <laughs> we are talking all about our mentors today and what it means to have a mentor, be a mentor. Um, mentor mentee dynamics all about that and speaking of which my mentor just texted me while we we're doing the <laughs> weekly update um he must have known he must have known that we were talking about him today <laughs> what you want <laughs> um he just wants to talk
2: oh. i told him later
0: oh. <laughs> but anyways <laughs> wow <laughs> um let's start off by defining uh, what our idea of a mentor is so I guess I'll start first. For me, a mentor. Um, so my idea of a mentor, I guess, has shifted a little bit since I've been growing up. But when I was younger, my mentor was obviously my mom. <laughs> and also, um, I guess, my more formal teachers. So like, I would see my piano teacher as a mentor, because mm-hmm. she besides teaching me piano, she also gave me like, life advice and like it was more than just, you know, what she w- was teaching me piano. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like I gained a lot from her. And and then as I started working, uh, I would see like my mentor in the lab as like my life mentor as well. Because um, in general, I think all the mentors that I've had also, I think like being a mentor um, means that you're giving advice outside of your specific role, maybe going more into like general advice so that's just my idea of a mentor but what about you guys
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: so yeah, i like your definition because
1: you mentioned they start off in like structural roles like a piano mm-hmm. teacher or a regular teacher or i guess like your mom is another like specific <laughs> role but yeah. you get like closer in a way, um, when they kind of go above and beyond their duties. And that's what Mm -hmm. marks them as like a mentor rather than just like your chemistry teacher or someone.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think when we were planning this episode or like tossing the idea around, the idea of a mentor was very difficult for me to, I guess, fathom because I think you're right, Sally, like, based on Everyone has different definitions of a mentor. It feels like because in my mind, I thought a mentor was more formal, like when someone talks about like, so, uh, networking and you know, like trying to find a professional mentor in your professional field. That's like a mentor, but then also what you were talking about with your piano teacher, I could see definitely how that's a mentor as well. Someone who provides advice, and so like in one way, is a mentor someone who goes above and beyond what they're paid to do. Like, what's the mm-hmm. difference? difference between a teacher and a mentor but then you also have mentors that you're seeking out for their mentorship specifically like i'm sure you didn't seek out your piano teacher to be a mentor so <laughs> i'm like getting very i don't know i'm trying to like scan my brain to think if i've had any mentor roles and so those definitions are kind of like tripping me up i guess but yeah i guess it depends uh based on each person and the relationship
0: mhm yeah so what do you guys, I guess for Linda, since you've also had like more explicit experience with um mentor like having a mentor mentee relationship what um do you think a mentor mentee dynamic should look like in general i obviously it's different mm. for everyone but.
1: Yeah, I don't know about like, should look like, I feel like when we were defining, I was thinking about the different dynamics that can happen because, you know, Mm in like medieval times where you would be like an apprentice to someone, or I guess you can be like an apprentice now with like Mm -hmm. a tattoo apprentice and things like that. But that's like a very definite like crafts um, apprenticeship or you're like a disciple or like you're a monk and you're learning with like other disciples. So those are like what I kind of like compare Mentor mm. and mentee relationships against. Um, but for me, it's like my supervisors mostly. Um, like, my, I feel like Kai Kai was like my first supervisor that kind of became my mentor. And then I tell you guys, like, they're like my origin story about becoming <laughs> like a full person. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. I feel like a mentor is like I've had difficulty relating to adult figures in like high school and middle school and i'll just like be Mm -hmm. super distant but i guess like when you get older you become like more of a person yourself it's easier to relate to other adults and even though they may be older than you you can feel comfortable to divulge more of your goals and dreams and like share your experiences more Hmm. i don't know ming what do you think
2: okay i i feel like right there what you said about like we've developed so we were able to form like deeper relationships with adult figure okay I think that's where I'm stuck because I've always have had a difficulty with like forming those relationships like even in my job which I would say my boss is the closest thing that I have to a mentor right now I still feel like there's like a line which there should be I guess when they're your actual boss but Mm -hmm. there's always been a line between me and authority figures even someone in like umd like someone i'm thinking of is in technica who i guess i could have seen as a mentor but like there was something stopping me from i don't know i i always admired the personal relationship that you developed linda with kai kai and your other mentors and i've always like in all like when you talk about thomas and the things that you guys discuss like i could never imagine (laughs) having those kind of conversations with like an adult i i barely feel like an adult myself so Mm yeah I think that's a good point though mm. um, developing those maybe, I guess, I feel deeper like, oh sorry yeah
1: go ahead. maybe a part of it is like you feel like you have to perform for them because I feel like even mm. like a mentor mentee relationship, you're like I have to like impress my mentor in order for them to be my mentor. Maybe that's like the first step to like getting mm-hmm. over it and because I kind of still feel that way. Like I got to impress <laughs> my teacher when I'm giving like my essay or something.
2: Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like how can a relationship that does have that, like, even if a mentorship is supposed to be super intimate or maybe beyond just like a title, there still is that like mentor mentee, like distinction. So I think anytime where there's a slight bit of hierarchy, it's yeah, that pressure to perform or to like, not expose yourself too much like I I wouldn't want to look like a total fool in front of anyone Mm -hmm. I call a mentor I
0: guess yeah definitely but I feel like at the same time because we are in this hierarchy um, between mentor and mentee I like automatically think that I don't know as much as them and like I take Mm -hmm. their I guess advice or their opinions more seriously even sometimes even more like seriously than my own like I'll value their advice more than my own opinion sometimes. I mean, I guess that's a good, can be a good or bad thing, but um, especially in my position, I think it's sometimes a bad thing because sometimes my mentor is wrong and I'm right, but I don't voice myself Mm. enough because I think that he's always right. (laughs) Wait, Sally, I have a question for Mm. you. You keep calling your
2: your lab mentor, your mentor, right? Is that his Mm. actual title? Or is that what oh, you're yeah. just calling him? Okay. So yeah, his actual title, actual title is a mentor. Do you actually yeah. consider him a mentor in the way mm, that we've defined I it? I think,
0: in terms of like science, like professional wise, I think, yeah, he is a mentor. He mm. does go beyond his like job title, job description to try to give me more like life advice. And he he's always recommending me like these books, mm. these like kind of like self help books, not self help, <laughs> but. You know, like Mm -hmm. theological books to help me like think, (laughs) but (laughs) I haven't read any of them. (laughs) Um, But I think in terms of life mentor, I wouldn't see him as one because I don't really, maybe it's because I've only been with him for one year, but I haven't really felt comfortable divulging a lot of my personal um, like life stuff to him Um, compared Mm -hmm. to my old mentor from high school. I feel like we're a lot closer, maybe also because my old mentor knew my mom, but I felt more comfortable Mm. telling him about personal things and like my personal interests, like Mm -hmm. besides science, talking about like art and stuff like that. So I think it definitely depends on the person. Mm -hmm.
2: And I'm sure you could have like at the same time have a professional mentor and like a more life mentor, I guess. When I think of like a life mentor, I think of even someone who might be considered my peer, but has slightly more experience. Like, I don't know if I would put them on the pedestal. Again, I don't know if it is a pedestal, but to call them mentors, but, you know, like Liz and Sebastian, I guess, I look up to them. Mm -hmm. I guess that's another question I had too. Like, what's the difference between a mentor versus a role model? And is there a difference? Mm -hmm. Um, is a mentor like agreeing I guess this can get back into the dynamic of it but is a mentor agreeing to mentor you I don't know if a role model is I don't know if that's a distinction or you know I think
0: I think mentors like it's implied that they are mentoring you and then role models on the other hand it's like just someone you look up to but they don't have that obligation for you yeah but would you guys Say, well, I guess you guys, it's a little bit different because your bigs are all the same year, but would you see them as role <laughs> models or mentors? Because when you find, or when you're <laughs> looking for a big, I think most people are looking for someone to kind of like mentor them throughout their college experience. But, mm-hmm. and like mine is no, that's two a good years point. older, but yeah. What do you guys I mean, think? is yeah. he your mentor or like? Mm, I think when... I was in college, I don't know if I would call him a mentor, but he did have some kind of mentoring role where Mm -hmm. he was like showing, introducing me to other people and like helping me, I guess, helped me feel more comfortable in college with like the Asian social Mm -hmm. network and stuff like that. (laughs)
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I think that's Mm -hmm. where you're right that Linda and I had someone who was our same age, so I was kind of like I was looking forward to having that older brother or sister figure Mm -hmm. with someone who had more experience. But I guess the fact that we joined TASA a year later than people our age did give us that age gap in a way. So Mm -hmm. within the realm of, I guess, TASA and the Asian or community on campus, I saw him as more of a mentor or someone older than me who could help guide me. But in terms of everything else, like, (laughs) I don't I don't know. (laughs) I do good buddy <laughs> yeah more like friends mm-hmm. Linda do you have thoughts on I guess role model versus mentor or I guess they can be both right you can also look up and admire your mentor
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess I feel like role models are like so external though like they're they don't have to do anything for you but mentorship it implies you interact but with role models you kind of see them in like a perfect light and I guess with mentors, since you're talking with them and interacting so much, when you get to know them, you realize that, oh, they're not perfect or they do have some flaws, but they still have like a lot, a lot of value to you as a mentor and as someone you look up to. So, in a way, it feels like more close to be a mentor mm-hmm. than to like have a role model. Mm.
2: Yeah. That almost mm-hmm. like kind of gets into our. I guess, next point of talking about like the relationship being not transactional, but a back and forth, a, I forgot the word. And I know my public speaking professor would be so upset because we spent like weeks on the unit when we were talking about the different forms of communication and how you can have like a one way versus both way, like a reciprocal kind of relationship. Mm. Oh, and a I parasocial guess
1: parasocial relationship or no?
2: <laughs> I think parasocial is the one where it's like on social media, you think you have a relationship yeah. with them. But oh, okay. yeah, that that back and forth kind of relationship, I guess we would say, yes, in a mentor relationship or no, because I guess in some ways you're right—you are trading like information about your life, and especially if they're more of a life mentor and you're giving updates. But I, I guess they would say that they're learning from us too. But it definitely is still a role of them teaching you in some ways.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's interesting because I feel like with mentors and mentees. They don't divulge their personal life with you Mm. that much, but you're like divulging Mm. more of your struggles with them. Like, I feel like my mentors, they don't want to dump their like issues or like kind of vent to you like you would be comfortable doing Mm -hmm. to them. And I was feeling like that's normal. But also I was telling Thomas when I was a senior, I was like, oh, I want to be someone that you can depend on to, And I want to like kind of hold the space for you as well. And it's like, is that kind of pushing the mentor and mentee boundary? Because, you know, parents are supposed to talk about their issues with their child kind of.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It is more the, that parental kind of role. Um, maybe that is what is preventing me from seeing like, like I said, Sebastian or Liz as an actual mentor because they rant to me. So it is a more... <laughs> a a really equal back and forth relationship, preventing it from becoming a mentor-mentee relationship. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Sally, do you rant to your mentor? Or does your mentor rant (laughs) to you? He rants
0: to me. I think he tells (laughs) tells me more of his problems than I tell him. Well, I tell him my problems about the lab, but not really personal Maybe you're his life mentor. (laughs) No, no way. I never have a... I feel like to be a mentor, you got to have like a solution or like a consolation something to reply Mm. to when someone you know tells you their problems every time he tells me his problems i'm like i don't know how to help you (laughs) (laughs) so he just
2: like rants at you and he just wants Mm. someone to like listen
0: yeah i mean he likes to talk i think like a key um characteristic of a mentor is like liking to talk (laughs) <laughs> At least in my experience. I mean Is it? I feel like mentors yeah. who don't I feel like mentors that like, don't talk, they don't divulge as much about themselves and they don't share as much like info, like wisdom, I would say, or that their life advice. Mm-hmm. But people who like to talk, they like they can talk about anything and that's how they become more <laughs> of a life mentor because they stray outside of like the topic that you're originally talking about. So Yeah, I don't know.
1: (laughs) Mm. That's true. Do you feel like they do it on purpose? Like, what do mentors know that they're becoming mentors with you? Or Mm. are they just like, they like to talk and they just give you advice and then they just
0: become your mentor? Mm. I feel like they are doing it on purpose. I mean, for my position, since I am in like a trainee position, it's like implied that my mentor is kind of like my mentor also professionally like for my career in like he I guess he always has like trying to train me for the future in mind so he's always telling me like like I said before readings that I should read that's not explicitly science readings but more like ideological readings so Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know it it depends yeah depends sorry (laughs) go ahead I was just
2: thinking when we were, Sally, when you were talking about that, um, and then Linda, when you asked about like, how does a mentor know that they're mentoring or do they, are they aware of it? And I almost think maybe it's like a personality trait where, yeah, people who are more likely to already share some of their advice or thoughts are more likely to be mentors. And then maybe when we go back to the idea of it being reciprocal or transactional, like maybe they are getting something from it because... You know, when you have someone younger who is like absorbing everything you're saying and like taking your advice and like looking up to you in some ways, that is a a really good feeling, I would say. So maybe, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's like entirely selfish, but maybe on their end, like they're feeling fulfilled because they feel like they can pass on that knowledge. And then, you know, that's what they get out of the relationship. Um, Yeah.
1: Is there anyone that you guys would like to mentor? Or are you feeling those urges welling up in you to pass on Mm -hmm. your knowledge or to like give some
2: life advice? I was going to ask, we can answer this after this question, but I was going to ask you guys if you feel like you're already mentoring someone. But to answer your question, Linda, I feel like I have the type of personality that would... Okay, this sounds really um, (laughs) prideful. But I think I do have the personality that would be suitable for a mentor because... I I've realized with this podcast that I do like to talk and I like to talk through my feelings and talk it out kind of, especially when it comes to new experiences and I would be willing or interested in sharing my experiences and thoughts with other people, especially if it's like a one-on-one relationship. I think I do really well in that kind of dynamic. And I guess in some ways I consider this podcast like a little, I don't think we're mentoring our audience because it's probably the same age as us but I do feel like in some ways we are sharing some of our experiences and maybe wisdom or thoughts to like our audience so in that way it's more of a parasocial mentorship I don't know Mm. oh that's true (laughs) (laughs) but what about you two
0: Mm, I think I want to be a mentor because I just like the idea of teaching someone I really like teaching (laughs) because I did all that teeing and like um I helped like mm-hmm. kids tutor them with whatever. But I don't know if I have the personality to be a mentor. I'm like the opposite of Ming. <laughs> I don't I mean, I like I like talking on this podcast, but I feel like I my thoughts are not coherent enough, at least right now, mm-hmm. and I don't have enough to pass on to someone who would be younger. So Maybe when I'm older and wiser, but I feel like at least right now I feel like I'm not in any way ready to be a mentor. Mm. It's interesting mm-hmm. that you
2: like talk of mentor the role in that way. I think you and Linda, for just from my observations, have kind of a different view of it in some ways. Like sadly, when you talk about mentorship, you talk about something that you basically are achieving the role of mentorship and. You have, you're you having enough experience to reach that level where you can mentorship. And I guess I, I would say that you could probably mentor, I mean, any, like weren't you a tutor? Well, I guess that's not mentoring, but you could mentor like someone who's in high school or, you know,
0: mm-hmm. the
2: age gap doesn't have to be that high, but it is interesting to see your perspective of it versus Linda's where, I don't know, Linda, you like pick up mentors and mentees like so easily. <laughs> It seems like. I do. (laughs) I don't know. You're always talking about one or the other.
1: I guess that's true. I'm like hyper noticing them. But you know, we're all like big siblings, like big sisters. So maybe Mm. that's where like the urge kind of stems from, like to be that kind of figure for someone else. Um, I don't know how that relates, but maybe it's a stem. Uh, What was the question? If we want to be a mentor to someone
2: or are you mm-hmm. currently do you feel like you are yeah
1: I feel like people ask me for advice like someone asked me about how to apply to the same program I had or how to get into like research and things like that I'm like always like super happy to mm-hmm. answer it and oh mm-hmm. you know when the high school student asked me for my paper so they could write a paper mm-hmm. citing my paper I was so like excited <laughs> to get that email so it's kind of boggling how people are so scared to reach out or to other people because like I feel so happy when people reach out to me and like with professors or like other scary professionals, people are like so intimidated to kind of reach Mm -hmm. out to them. But I'm like, if I feel this like excited and rewarded to be able to like help someone with a little knowledge I have, then maybe the other person would also be welcome to your advances or that sounds weird to like your uh, your inquiry (laughs) Mm -hmm. um so that's like helpful to think about maybe
2: yeah Mm -hmm. that's a good point I think it moves more into our discussion about how you get a mentor and things like that but I've definitely I think every college well I don't want to speak for everyone but me as a college student every semester I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go to TA office hours, or I'm going to like form a relationship with my TA, you know, that's a great way. That insurance professor, we talked about (laughs) him the whole semester.
1: It never
2: (laughs) happened. It never happened because I was always too chicken to just attend one of their office hours and strike up a conversation. And I see that kind of biting me in the butt now, like in the professional world where I have this really cool coworker who has done a similar public health path that I'm interested in. And I really want to like talk to her more one-on-one like after work or something maybe but i'm still too nervous to do so even though she's so nice to me over teams and she'll she'll send me like little cute uh gifts and like like little stickers or whatever on teams and it's like she's so friendly so i'm not scared of her i'm just scared (laughs) of yeah the little praise (laughs) kind of awards and things like that but i'm like scared of i think formalizing that relationship or turning it from like oh, let me just ask you a casual question here or there to like me, I don't know, maybe I feel like I'm taking up people's time, you know, as a mentee.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I, I know I feel the same way too. And actually kind of in a similar position as you where I like want someone to help me, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, on the other hand, uh, this person's actually willing to help me. So the person mm-hmm. I'm talking about is like the post back that was in my position before. Oh, and mm-hmm. she's like, um the last time that we had a meeting with her and also with my mentor now who also mentored her before um she like after the meeting she reached out to me and was like do you need any help with like um grad school applications and do you want any advice cool. and stuff like that so i had like a one on one meeting with her and she was she was super helpful and like whenever i have questions with anything even like besides like lab stuff um like applying to grad school, she's like really happy to answer my questions. So I feel like I I feel bad that I had her reach out first. I feel like I should be the one reaching out. And I know like she told me herself that it makes her feel fulfilled to help people out, I guess. So (sighs) I think yeah, I think it's a normal thing that people generally like helping like younger people out to get to where they are. So That's also why I want to be Mm -hmm. a mentor in the future is to kind of like repay, (laughs) like pay for the kindness that I receive, Mm. I guess. Oh, like pay Mm -hmm. for it. Oh,
1: that's
2: so nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Linda, do you have any... I want to hear from you and hear how you... You said Kaikai was your first mentor. Is that what you said? But like, all I know is that one day, like in college, you just went to like, Micah, and then somehow you got that role where you were working in Micah, and then you all of a sudden you were talking about this person named Kaikai Kai so much, and I'm like, <laughs> so, honestly, I'll admit it, I'll say I'll, I was jealous. I was jealous that, like, you had such a, a bond, so, I don't know, it seems sudden, but, like, it lasted over years, too, so, very admirable, I guess. Wait, what was the question? I don't know. How did you and Kaikai? Kai Kai? Kai? Yeah, how did
1: you try how did you Kai Kai?
2: <laughs> Wait, okay, Kai Kai, oh
1: my God, I was obsessed with you like <laughs> freshman year. And I don't know, just seeing someone who was so cool. And also, I feel like the role itself kind of went beyond the normal supervisor role because we were talking about like identities and mm-hmm. our personal feelings. And I think something in common with the mentors is that how they were transparent how we existed as people outside of whatever way we knew each other on so you know the normal ways of like asking about each other's lives and like remembering things and I guess just communicating that really well um I feel like my mentors always talked about how they recognized the power dynamic between mentors and mentees and they were like reinforcing how they wanted me to succeed but also like be happy with whatever so it wasn't Mm -hmm. like transactional in that I'm raising you to be this perfect student or like I'm raising Mm -hmm. you as like my legacy is to like help you with like supporting in different aspects Mm -hmm. of your life honestly I think it was just like lucky that I was able to meet them and I felt like enough of a person to like be open with them Mm -hmm. too but they definitely started it like they started like getting close and like being very inviting and things like Mm -hmm. that
2: would -hmm. you say that your positions or the places that you've worked at have lended itself more to a mentor mentee relationship because when you talk about how they didn't want it to be transactional or they made it obvious that there wasn't there they weren't trying to have that hierarchical power balance I guess like I don't think of that when I think of you know, the places I've worked in?
1: Mm, Maybe. Um, I guess places that are explicitly like feminist values and like kind of like touchy-feely type of places (laughs) make it more easier to kind of generate that welcoming Mm. environment. But like with my boss and them, I feel like my boss right now is like a very functional, very numbers and... I feel like mm-hmm. I've learned enough from my past mentors to be like so, and to kind of like forge that bond and like get it started or like get it rolling with my current boss. So maybe I mean, you said you worked in Planned Parenthood, which is like I women, not touching daily, <laughs> but yeah. not like you know yeah. places that are like more women or like Asian Americans. Mm-hmm. We tend to relate a bit more and form that re- mentor-mentee relationship because marginalized communities want to see each other succeed and things like that Mm -hmm.
2: yeah I was thinking about that too about that the role of identity and how that plays and like how you can form those relationships because well going back to what you were saying earlier um, about being in MICA or in the lab um, I was thinking about how like I was also in like a did a lot of on-campus kind of jobs and roles and it definitely depends on the place that you're working out or the environment, in my opinion, because even in a, in a organization like res life, which does a lot of like, they, they talk big talk about doing like touchy feely and Mm -hmm. diversity inclusion and, you know, Mm -hmm. like empowering student employees. It's so different from what I've heard about Micah or just from observing that relationship. So I think, yeah, your environment and the, Places you're at depends, but in terms of Planned Parenthood specifically, I think that was like the first, you know, like slight chance I had, I guess, and created a mentor-mentee a relationship. I definitely thought that my supervisor was like she was similar to my age. We had similar backgrounds. We both went to Maryland, and I felt she was relatable. But I don't know. I guess because it was like my first internship, and I still had that pressure of performing, and also not being a marketing major, but like wanting to show up and like do the work I was just so focused on like really doing a good job I guess good job that I really failed to make that emotional connection even when she was like offering I don't know olive branches or like offering to like she sometimes they would take me out to lunch like her and her supervisor Mm -hmm. and they would like try to start conversations and I could hold the conversations, but like it was, it never got too deep. Like it was all pretty superficial. And I don't know. I I don't know. I will say having like a woman uh, majority environment is helpful. That's what I have in my job now too. But
0: yeah. I feel like it is hard as like the person, as the subordinate to try to initiate the mentor mentee relationship first like I think it's always I feel like the pressure falls on the mentor to Mm. do it because I mean the mentor in the end has to put in more work than the mentee to to mentor someone so they have to be Mm -hmm. willing to put themselves out there first
2: yeah I think that also speaks to like my um hesitation about that because I'm always not sure, like, are they willing to do this? Like, I don't want to burden them with like, okay, you know, when at work, your boss or whatever will ask you, like, how's your weekend? And then (laughs) it takes like several times of asking that to realize, are they actually asking me how was my weekend? Or is Mm -hmm. this like just a greeting that they're using? Because I'm always trying to like figure that out. And I think in the same way, when you think of someone you want to be your mentor, like, do they actually want to mentor me? Are they actually willing to be invested in me? Or like, is it just the job that they're paid to do? You know? Mm-hmm. And I think I get stuck on that too.
0: Yeah. My mentor, whenever, I guess, we start talking on a phone, he's always like, oh, hey, how are you doing? And we're always just like, oh, I'm good. And then we start talking yeah. about the science. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never told him how my weekend actually went. <laughs>
2: no okay that's actually the same way with me it's kind of awkward because when i do my one-on-one zoom calls my boss will do the same thing it was like oh how was your week so far and i'll just be like oh it was good and then she'll hesitate i don't know if it's because of the zoom (laughs) lag or whatever but she'll like look at me and then move on like okay i guess she's not saying anything
1: (laughs) i mean when you ask them do they respond with like
2: something specific or are they like i'm good too I guess it depends. It probably depends on her mood, honestly. Yeah. But
0: I guess moving along, let's talk about how these mentorships that we already have in place, like how do you keep these relationships alive even after your mm. position is over? So if it was like a structured, like mentor-mentee relationship and then after you've left the position, do you still keep in touch or how do you keep it alive? So it's still a transactional kind of relationship. Mm
2: -hmm. i was thinking about how last week when we were talking about i don't know if the relationships question i think it was a relationships question where like do do you stay friends with your ex or whatever and i Mm -hmm. i'm thinking about like how i was so like adamant to be like i want to be friends i want everyone to like me um (laughs) i think that doesn't apply to (laughs) that applies to literally every relationship in my life except for maybe a like supervisor kind of relationship because really I honestly, those are the relationships you should want to like nurture, right? Especially Mm -hmm. now that you have LinkedIn and you can stay connected digitally. I'm just very, I yeah, I'm poor at doing it unless someone reaches out.
0: I'll just say that. I'm also very bad, but I always have the (laughs) intention of reaching out, but I never do it. Like Mm -hmm. I remember, I think it was like two or three months ago, I was talking about how I kept telling myself I need to email my old mentor to like catch up, but I put it off for like half a year. And then I finally emailed him.
2: <laughs> Did How you guys have it? a conversation? You,
0: yeah. Yeah, we shared some book recommendations. I shared oh. um Cersei with him. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice. But anyways, I feel like every time I reach out, it's fine. But mm-hmm. it's just like that thought of reaching out after a long time. It's it's kind of a high barrier for me because I'm I think of all these things in my head like what am I going to say to them? Like, am I saying something that they, do they even care about me anymore? It's been so many years or like, Mm. do they know Mm -hmm. I'm just reaching out so I can keep in touch for the recommendation letter? Like, I don't want them to think it's just for the recommendation (laughs) letter, but also I want the recommendation (laughs) letter. Yeah.
2: (laughs) That's, that's so true. My old Planned Parenthood supervisor, after like I left or whatever, she told me like, oh, like next time you're in she found out I was working in DC in this new job. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, after COVID, like we'll both be in DC. So we should get a coffee sometime. And I said yes, because like you obviously say yes. But then I saw, okay, so we follow each other on social media. And I saw that she moved to Philadelphia. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's so nice. I'll never have to. <laughs> I can't get a coffee in Philadelphia.
0: Get a that Zoom That was like my coffee, automatic response. A Zoom date.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Zoom has enabled all these like relationships that um I wasn't really looking forward to. <laughs>
1: mm. You know, in like one-to-ones, does your boss facilitate the conversation or do they make you facilitate the conversation? Mm. Like, are they like, what's on your agenda? Or do they like, oh, I was hoping we could talk about this and this. Because I feel like it really sets the tone for how your interactions mm. are. And then after you moved on, you're like, who facilitates this one-on-one? That's not a one-on-one when you talk.
2: I think that's a good point. That's like why I'm so hesitant to like reach out to past mentors because now that you don't work in the same organization or you're you're not in that position anymore, there's nothing concrete that you can bring up to fill the yeah. conversation. I feel that way with like friendships even when you have a one-on-one friendship that you haven't seen in a while. Like what are you going to bring to keep the conversation going? Mm-hmm. But I will say that my my sur- supervisor now is really good at Um, asking me what I want to talk about or asking me like, oh, what are you working on? The awkward part is when we transition from like what I want to talk about to what she wants to talk about. That's the part that always gets me because I'll like list out all the projects I'm working on and she's like, oh, that's great to hear feedback. And then I'm always like, oh, mm, I guess that's all I have. (laughs) And then because of the delay in like Zoom, it's like it takes a few seconds for her to hear that and then to like look at her notes and then she's like, already? And then she'll like go into her notes. And then I'm definitely overthinking it. But like that few seconds of like transition is always such a like, she's not sure if I'm done. I'm not sure if she's ready. That sort of thing.
1: Mm. I'm like sweating right now. Like hear yeah. you talk about it. <laughs> the tone is that Is it similar you for you? <laughs> yeah.
0: Because we're always mm. looking at the other screen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh. I think for me, it's the opposite. My mentor always, well, I always wait for my mentor to say that he wants to talk first. Because I mean, he always (laughs) wants to talk anyways. So I'll (laughs) be like, I'll just add my questions to the next time that we talk. (laughs) Like it was not urgent. And then he says his whole thing about what he wants to say. And then at the end, I'm like, oh, wait, I have these questions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mm, You know, one thing I'm wondering is like, how do you give compliments to your mentor? Because I noticed my mentors are my boss. They're always good at like, thanks for your hard work or like you did really mm. great at this thing. Mm. But you can't go to your boss and be like, great job or something. Cause Wait, that's just kind of weird, but they're so good at like giving <laughs> really?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, my mentor... I feel like saying
1: great work. Like who am I to oh. tell you that you did great <laughs> yes. work if you're my boss? Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know who you like, I don't know if he even cared that I told him great job, but after he spent like a lot of time on this presentation and I guess that he like didn't really res- uh, receive a lot of response from him because everyone was muted on Zoom Aww. and like no one was providing <laughs> yeah. feedback.
2: Mm-hmm. But then after
0: that, I was like, oh, mm. great job. Well, it's per- like one-to-one, not in it? the big meeting. It's yeah. just like, oh, thanks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think similarly to Sally, well, actually not similarly, but I do feel comfortable giving compliments to my mentor. I think because it's like, been drilled into me based on like everyone else at work. Like I mm-hmm. think I told you guys this earlier, but whenever someone emails out a big announcement or like an update on a project, and there's multiple people on the email, everyone on the email feels an, a need to reply, either to say like great job or like thank you for including <laughs> and sharing this with me or like excellent presentation. Like even if it's like 20 people on the email, everyone replies and replies to the entire group. Oh my so god! I'm always like the last one who's like. <sighs> okay, I'll just send like a thank you or something because mm-hmm. I get this feeling when like you have to sign birthday cards and like if you're the last one, it always feels you're, like, like you're too late. don't know what to say. Yeah. But in that yeah. way, like we've been basically trained, I guess, especially our team, like our marketing team is so good at like giving those awards in teams mm-hmm. and like like affirming each other and like being really appreciative of others' work. And so in that way, I can do that. But I have a hard time doing that one on one, so I guess I'm the opposite mm-hmm. of you. Say like I'll do it mm-hmm, in an okay. email thread or in a group chat, but like me staring at her over Zoom, I <laughs> I don't know what I would say.
0: Wait, that email thread reminds me of mm-hmm. in my college lab. Whenever I guess like a paper got published or um, someone got some position that they wanted or a grant got funded, whatever, my PI would put out these announcements to the whole like email announcements to the whole lab. And then everyone would say congrats. And then I'd always be like late, either too early to respond or too late to respond because I don't want to be the first person to say like congrats. And then after everyone (laughs) already said congrats, (laughs) like there's only so many variations to congrats that I can use without copying other people. So Mm -hmm. then I'm like, I don't know what to say. And then use the heart emoji. No, it's too much. But anyways, like I never know how to respond in these like um, large group email threads. So I feel more comfortable Mm -hmm. saying it one on one. We send the
1: praise thing like ironically.
2: Ironically? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I haven't. Everyone has. Everyone on the team has given me one of those. But like, I don't know how to do it. I guess that's the excuse I'm using. I haven't tried to figure out how to do it, so I never give it back, because I'm like, is this an appropriate time to use an award? Like, when is it an appropriate time to say thank you?
1: Okay, because when someone, like, fucks up or, like, says something weird, we send, like, the, the
2: praise emoji in the thing. That's so mean. <laughs> well, I guess if it's understood by everyone, but, like, dang. It's like when people clap when, like, the dishes fell in the cafeteria.
0: Oh, my gosh. Oh, I
1: hate that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay, I guess we're getting a little off track, but to to bring us back, I wanted to ask this question, although I think it's already been implicitly kind of answered, but do you consider, I guess for Sally, it's kind of obvious, but do you consider your current boss or supervisor your mentor? And like, would you say that they're like your professional mentor or life mentor or not a mentor? <laughs>
0: Yeah, I guess for mine, I and mean, because his position is literally called mentor, he is my mentor. But mm-hmm. I think more for professional, I don't really see him as a life mentor. I mean, I don't think he cares. I, he's not really focused on being a life mentor. His more f- main focus is professional mentoring. So, I mean, I don't think I, I don't have any problems with that. <laughs> I already have enough mentors <laughs> in my life. My mom being one of them.
2: <laughs> hmm. Wait, maybe we could touch on that a little bit, Sally, because I don't personally consider my mom a mentor in that sense, I guess. Like, Mm. I don't know, especially not professionally, we're not in the same field as all. But even life mentor, I see her more as just like a mom and less of a mentor. So I'm curious as to why you call or consider your mom a mentor. Like, is it because you guys are working in like similar fields or is there something deeper?
0: I think that has to do with some of it, but even outside of professionally, I think she's just like the one. So for mentoring, I think mentor has like push you to do something that's like you wouldn't not, not that you wouldn't do by yourself, but like, I think mentors have to give you that push to just mm-hmm. like do more. And my mom's like that person for me in my life. She's always telling me to do, Aww. like, she's always pushing me to like exercise and like Like small things like that, but also bigger things like telling me, oh, we should think about like applying to grad school and start like start preparing now. Or like she'll give me reminders about like um, just anything that kind of gives me the push to do Mm -hmm. more. Because if I don't have someone Mm -hmm. telling me, even though I know these things, like if someone's not telling me, I'll just put it off or I won't be as serious about maybe applying for grad school, stuff like that. So.
2: I think it's like yeah. that motivating kind of force.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. I guess to start with my boss, I'm going to mentor her to become my mentor because <laughs> um, she's going to be my uh, my mentor. <laughs> um. So I'm going to make it happen, kind of, because I think my boss is pretty good and I would like to learn from her. So I try to redirect the conversation to like, How are we feeling? Like it's going pretty Mm -hmm. well. Like stuff like that. I feel like I just model the conversations I had with um Mm. my old mentors and try to like Mm -hmm. uh facilitate it also. So maybe in the future. And I don't know. I don't feel like I consider my mom a mentor because she's just like a mom. Um I don't know, I feel like moms are just supposed to be kind of everything. So it's hard to imagine them being like a mentor or a role model because at the end of like, they ultimately like they do everything for you and they provide for you and I feel like like that's more important because I'm not like being nurtured by my mentors in the same way although I do kind of <laughs> joke that like Thomas raised me to have this value or like Thomas raised me to to like be like this and stuff like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think more similarly to Linda, I guess in that way. Um... Yeah I don't know if I consider my boss a mentor right now just because I don't think we've like crossed that line yet and I learn a lot from her and she's definitely someone who does have the personality type to be a mentor like she g- gives great advice but I still think there is something that there should be some acknowledgement in a way I guess like not a formal like I am now your mentor kind of acknowledgement <laughs> but like I want her willingness um, and I guess was that called like a agreement kind of like that she's willing to uh go above i guess but mm-hmm. i don't know i don't really have any mentors right now so i'm kind of like searching or <laughs> thirsting for one where are you searching <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm not searching but i am like i am pining, pining you're for one longing yeah. okay. <laughs> wow the <a> source linda <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait you guys remember when we were in tasa they try to connect, well, not connect, but they gave out this resource called TAP. Um, mm. It's like called Taiwanese Asian Professionals. And they have like mm-hmm. a group in DC of professionals that you could kind of apply to for someone to be your mentor. And they like matched you based on your professional field. So I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting, but I didn't apply because I wasn't Taiwanese. Mm. I didn't know if I had to be Taiwanese. Mm. Oh, Sally, they actually reached out to me
1: or Teresa connected them to me because mm-hmm. they were doing like, a race thing and they like asked me to give them advice so i'm i'm your grand mentor if you do go into oh gosh, into tap <laughs> <I'm laughs> i didn't not. give them that much advice so it was like not like that but
2: Ew, grand mentor. <laughs> that's a good point though sally um i think in a similar way to how i think of therapists and when we talk to M about like finding a therapist mm. i think i might be approaching it in a similar way For finding a mentor, and that I want someone that I can relate to on not just a professional level, but on more of a personal, almost identity level. Because I don't know, I get along with everyone on my team, but I think I have like a certain like Linda has talked about this before, where like across the Zoom screen, you like make eye contact with the other woman of color, like working, like it's like I I value that, I guess, Um, and having shared experiences. So I guess if I was to find one, I would try to look for someone who has a similar, I don't know, background.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I wish there was like a portal for a matching, like a dating a site, but like for mentors to match the personalities. Yeah. You can use Coffee Meets Bagel.
1: <laughs> or you can oh use gosh. Bumble Business.
2: <laughs> Bumble <laughs> Business. <laughs> I we should make, make our a what of it, maybe. <laughs> That's true. Do you all think that Software having engineer. a yeah mm-hmm. having that identity a shared identity background yeah. is helpful when you're looking for a mentor or does that not matter? It
0: probably depends. I on the think person. for me it matters. Hmm. Yeah, I think you have to have at least your basic ideals have to be similar. And I think maybe having like that shared experience helps you get closer to your mentor like right off the bat. Like, so you're more comfortable to share your personal things with them, struggles and stuff. I think that's why I th- felt closest mm-hmm. to my first mentor in high school, because he was also a, was it second generation Asian American immigrant? Like, his parents were already immigrated here, and then he grew up in America. So he understood a lot mm-hmm. of the same things that I did. And But he also, like, he understood, like, American things, but he also had that Asian background, which... I don't know we didn't really talk about that explicitly but I think just having these like the similar background helps us understand each other on other things better too
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. that makes sense I think for me it feels kind of like
1: paternalistic or I don't know if I was like <laughs> white saviory but like when a white person gives me mm. all these all this advice especially if it's like a white man I'm kind of like Who are you to be giving me all this advice? Because I don't Mm. want to place them on like a superiority pedestal any more than they already are Mm -hmm. by society, which is probably like a hater like mindset (laughs) (laughs) to have. But like Sally said, you can't help but feel closer to people who you can relate to more. Mm
2: -hmm. I think that's a fair point, Linda. Like when you think of, I don't know, there's been some, I guess, teachers in the past or someone like that who... Just because the fact that they're like a white cis male, like trying to tell you like how you should do something, even if it's not related to like schoolwork or anything like that, I always felt like, wow, okay, I t- like, great, like that advice doesn't work for me or you don't really understand what it's like. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, that definitely makes sense, especially when you think of more of a, not just a mentor in the professional sense, but also if you want them to be kind of dual or do both, like yeah that really matters in my opinion.
0: Mhm, yeah I think for future mentors, I like maybe subconsciously or consciously, I've been kind of having that in mind too, because so when you search for grad schools, a lot of people like to reach out to p i s and I've been searching for some p i s for these schools I'm interested in, and like right off the bat, when I see that, they're like, it's this white man, I'm like, Oh, maybe not at this lab.' <laughs> So I'm like gravitating more towards PIs that I can, that look more like me, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Maybe they feel like better about being mentors to, about people who look like them. Mm-hmm. Um, because maybe they feel like their advice can relate more or they feel better about helping someone who is similar to them, like see them rise up or something.
2: <laughs> rise up yeah yeah I bet on their end like I would like to mentor I guess anyone that's willing to take my advice honestly but there is something special like when you can form that connection I think that's again going back to like big little and that type of role that's why it's so the search I guess like they have so many events to really like figure out someone that you can connect with and I think Mm -hmm. identity is like a big part of it and being able to really beyond just like the superficial things it automate automatically just makes it so much easier to like go into it. And I would say in a way it makes you feel safer. I don't know if that's an exaggeration, like, but when I go into work and I talk with like the only other woman of color on staff or on my team, I definitely feel like there's a implied kind of like safe space about it when when mm-hmm. we're in the whole team. It might be just because there's so many people, but I also just feel like my my voice is kind of diminished a little more.
1: Mm. that's a good point Ming is like they provide a safe place for you to fail because I feel Mm -hmm. like if I were to fail in front of like a white man mentor I'm like I'm letting down the whole Asian race or like I'm letting (laughs) down all women in front of this like like mentor who's super privileged and things like that um yeah so it's weird how like you have to represent the people um in, in your situation wait Ming why didn't you get a little then if you wanted to be a mentor to someone
2: I don't know. She I did I was, get a little. Okay, you did? I got a little and then she left. But I was also super picky about who I wanted as my little and like, mm-hmm. would they like me? Like, do they? Okay, this is what I asked Stefan and I don't know if Albert was there but I asked Stefan a lot because he was like in the room figuring it out. But like, are you sure that they want me? Like, have you asked her and checked with her? Did she write my name down? Because she didn't write my name down. <laughs> and this is not like a vanity thing. Like I like a uh, it's almost like an insecurity thing where like I want to feel mm-hmm. that they selected me too. And maybe that's we should at, talk to a, a mentor actually, but maybe that's a feeling they have as well, like they want to feel like their opinion is valued um and you're not just like latching on to the first professional Asian woman you see. Yeah. <laughs> Even though that might be the case, but <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a weird process. Mhm.
2: So today we talked about mentors and mentees, and I think we really had a good conversation about first of all, like what it means to be a mentor, and what it means to have that type of relationship that is hard to define. Honestly, like you heard us talk about it, and I still don't think there is a solid definition. But I think all of us have, in some ways, been influenced in the way we've um, kind of grown, especially in the professional space, but also through college. That was a huge growing experience, and I'm excited for the future of finding mentors and potentially finding mentees. And so I guess if you made it all the way to this end of the episode, if you would like to be mentored by us, you know, slide into our, yeah, slide into our DMs, our LinkedIn DMs, because Sally and Linda are right in that the way that you make connections is honestly by just reaching out. And on our end, we'd be so happy, so. We're waiting for you. If you like this episode,
0: make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And you can find us on Instagram at movingalongpod and check out our Medium blog for all of our bonus contents. You can follow us there at movingalong.medium.com. Until next time. Bye. Bye!